0: The following is a paid commercial program. Opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the party expressing them.
1: Good morning. This is Heidi Hansen. Back with you and Donna Max. We are we have Karen Grant with us again today. We're so excited to have you again Karen and learn some more about all the fascinating products that you have and the, the fascinating work that you do as well. Welcome. Say hello Thank to our you. listeners. It's great to be here again. <laughs> Thank you. And we're, today we're going to talk about your Lullaby
2: Connection. Oh, good. Learn That's more like, about that. I wanted to be here for that. When I was telling Karen that one of the things, in fact, last w- was last week, wasn't it? And I said, Oh, I'm so glad to hear this. I said, because recently, you know, I've, I've had, I cannot begin to tell you how many baby showers I have gone to really a ton. And I picked up some time back l- lullabies. And I've been looking for new lullabies, something to give at a shower. And it's a great gift. It is a wonderful gift. It is a great shower gift. Mm. I've actually div- given and and got
1: connected with lullaby tapes way back when, when it was cassette tape. <laughs> yeah. But I loved those with my children. And I loved even just singing those myself during the day.
2: Yes, you have a nice voice too, Heidi. That's well, great. thank you. Thank you, i But I'm, Karen, you sing on these? Is that what you do? Yes,
3: I I do. I sing on them. I wrote them for my children, and they comprise eight CDs now of guided visualization and lullabies and instrumentals at the tail end of the CD so that a mom can use these CDs in putting her children to sleep at night with nighttime nurturing and I couple all of that with aromatherapy and a diffuser so that the bedroom is just smelling good like wild orange or or (laughs) citruses and lavender and it just creates a little heaven on earth for the child.
1: What is the guided visualization that you mentioned
3: Guided visualizations are, when I was a little girl, my mother would tuck us in every single night, and she had three daughters until she had two more children. But she'd go the rounds, and she would just come and sit on our beds, one at a time, and just do little guided visualization. Like, you know, just once there was a little squirrel named, and then we'd have to fill in the blanks. And Mm. so she did these little guided visualizations with us. She didn't really sing, but as I grew up and had children of my own, I would do those carrying on that tradition of my mother's nighttime nurturing, tucking us in, tucking Mm. her children in, now tucking my own children in. And then I just added my guitar and would make up little songs to go with it. And that became a favorite time of my children's bedtime experience as it was uh, my favorite time with my mother every night before I went to bed.
1: It sounds like you're creating a total experience with the oils and, and the smells and everything going on all at once. That last 40 minutes before you go to sleep, what have you learned about the value of that and how it impacts your children?
3: It's really interesting because, you know, for people that are just letting their children watch TV up until the you know wee hours of the morning or have a tv even in their bedroom or they're going to sleep with their games on their computers and it's just programming the mind that's why it's called television programming it programs the brain and so the last 40 minutes before you go to sleep is what the brain will recycle for the next eight hours. And so it really does program our mind. And so we are using the lullabies to help to lift our children's consciousness, their subconscious awareness to create to connect creatively to the savior through Christ-centered lullabies that are just sweet and tender, written for the purpose of reinforcing that this child is divine, that they have a loving father in heaven who loves them, and helping them to shed the troubles during the day, mm. and then reconnect to beautiful imagery at night through the music and the guided visualizations.
1: What was your spir- experience growing up? You mentioned your mother and how you, you, she started that. What was that, I mean, in addition it to was, the visualization?
3: It was, my mother is an amazing woman. She's 84 now. And she is probably one of the most blessed women that I know. And for me, I wanted to carry on her tradition. I felt like Mm. not everybody got a mother like mine. And I don't know if I stood in line extra long in heaven and said, I want that woman (laughs) for my mother. But she is an amazing woman, and she was a very nurturing mom. I never heard her Raise her voice. She was always very building and encouraging and praising of her, of her children. And she's the one that actually sent me the story of the African singing mothers. And I love the story. If I can tell it really quickly. Yes. There's course. a tribe in Africa, and these women, when they're pregnant, they go out into the, out into the forest. They listen to the song of the wild. They listen to the coyotes sing. They listen to the bees buzzing and singing and humming and they develop a song for that child that they're carrying. Then they come back to the village and they teach all the other women in the village to sing and chant and hum the song for their child. And so as the child is born, the women gather together and sing to that baby. And as the child goes through different experiences in their life, they sing to that child. And there's another time that they sing to that child and that's when the child displays aberrant behavior. Instead of punishing the child, these singing mothers, this African singing mothers group goes and sings to that child, whosoever child it is, and sings the song of the child to remind the child of who they are, not of who they're not. Wow! And so their crime rate in this village is very, very low because the women are nurturers and they are nurturing the
1: divine in their children. What a fascinating tradition. And valuable to be able to focus on the the heritage it's almost like a I mean I want to say a patriarchal blessing kind of Mm -hmm. thing only done through music you know where you just keep reminding them of who they are when did you start writing your
3: lullabies uh, with your I was sitting on the couch with with a 10 year old daughter that was off to school and three three children under the age of five who were climbing all over me and crying about who got to sit on my lap that morning and I just kind of said this prayer I said you know what Heavenly Father, this is not as fun as I thought it was going to be. I thought motherhood was going to be fun. I thought that it was going to be bathing little babies and putting them in their cozy sleepers and watching them do somersaults in front of the fireplace, in front of the Christmas tree. I only pictured the, the joyful, you know, when I was 15 and 16, imagining growing up to be a mom. And then you actually embrace motherhood and you're in tears half the time with them mm-hmm. because they were climbing all over me that morning but the words came to my mind when you start to write lullabies for and about your children you will learn to love motherhood mm. and so that day i was so excited about motherhood that i got them all quieted and then wrote my first three lullabies that are on the cd the world play those three lullabies for you today
1: Yeah, let's do. Let's. The the first one is called "His Smile Is Love." Yes, I think we should go ahead with that one right now. It'd be good timing. Okay,
3: great.
0: His smile is love, his smile is light, his smile is hope, his smile is bright, his smile is faith, his smile is cheer, his smile will dry your every tear. love, his smile is light, his smile is hope, his smile is bright, his smile is faith, his smile is cheer, his smile will dry our every tear.
2: And lovely, I really do like that. that Thank is beautiful. you. Beautiful. Why your voice was lovely on this. Thank yes. you.
3: Why but did you write that song? Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't smiling enough <laughs> at my children, <laughs> and I felt one day him saying, "I don't want your children to comprehend me the way they're seeing you," and I knew that our children. Well, can only comprehend God the way they see their parents. Mm.
1: Such a beautiful insight. It's so true. The child looking at their mother is basically learning
3: then about God's love. They are. And so after that song, I was able to remember to smile, to smile more and to use my voice, not just when I sing, but to use my voice in a loving tone with my children, and now I have grandchildren in my home, and I, I watch my voice. I really pay attention to how I boost them, build them, mm. encourage them, and I think, boy, I wish I could do mother. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do motherhood all over. I guess grandmotherhood is round two, right? <laughs> yes,
1: it kind of is. It's <laughs> After you've learned everything, then you get to practice a little yes. bit more with the, the grandkids. Did you always tell the stories to your children about, Jesus and His love. You mentioned that and and how you wanted them to learn about Jesus' love for them through your lullabies.
3: I thought it was more important for my children to know about God's love than it was for them to know all the rules. Mm. I felt like if they knew God's love, they would want to keep His laws. But if they just had a mother who was saying, you need to do it this way, you need to do it that way, buckle up, where's your shoes, it's time for church, sit on that bench for three hours, that that was just... Too much for a little child. Mm. I wanted them to connect to Christ first, and then they would learn to love His law. That's
2: a good point. If they could Very feel
3: good. the pure love of Christ, then they could connect to Him. And a storying point was: it was I lived in Kaysville, and there was a windstorm. Our house lived on the corner of Fruit Heights and Kaysville, and when that wind got howling, it would the branches would hit against the window panes and and howl around the house and So one day, all three of the little ones climbed up on my lap again. This time I was in the recliner and they were all on my lap and they they were like, mommy. They were so frightened. And I said, well, let's just tell a story about Jesus. There was a time when his disciples were frightened too. And so he actually was asleep on the boat and the waves were blowing and the winds were blowing. And they were like, what what happened? What did he do? And I said, well, when the disciples woke him up, He just looked at the waves and the winds and said, peace, be still. And right when I said that, the wind stopped blowing and the wind stopped howling and the branches stopped hitting against the windows. Immediately, the same time I told the story, and Michael, who is 28 now, but he was five then, he looks up at me and he says, do it again, mommy, (laughs) do it again. (laughs) And I've remembered that through the years as a single mom, when the waves were pounding and the winds were rushing against our home and as you go through things being a single mom Mm -hmm. I was so grateful for the lullabies to be able to pull those out and I'd hear Michael's little voice do it again mommy do it again and I think as mothers we need help knowing how to do it again and so this the cds and the stories and the guided visualizations on them are to help mothers do it again to help restore faith when faith is, you know, when faith is faltering and to comfort little hearts when they're breaking mm-hmm. and to help children to have courage and faith in a world where there are troubled times.
1: So you you really feel like listening to these lullabies has helped your children. What have you seen in their progression and in, th- in their lives now that are a result of you singing these lullabies and, and coming up with them when they were children? Oh, I
3: things? have a poignant story and this story is about Michael. Um, Later on, after writing the lullabies, his father and I did go through a divorce. Mm. Michael took it the hardest, and Michael got into drugs at age 15. He was living primarily at the other parent's house, and he was doing things that I didn't know about. But I would send the CDs over in the suitcases with headphones, Sony Walkman headphones. When he was young, he would listen to them all the time. And then at 15, he went through a hard time, and that hard time continued and he experimented with drugs, and he got into a drug and alcohol addiction. And I told the Lord, I will keep writing lullabies and songs for women in the scriptures. I will keep doing my part. You raise my son and keep him alive, please, because there is no father here. So be his father, please. And, and one day when Michael was 25, he called me and he said, Mom, this planet is too hard for me. He said, I'm going I'm going to commit suicide tonight. Oh my goodness. And I, the only thing I could think of was, Michael, where are you? And he said, I'm three blocks away from my house and I have a gun. And mom, this is the end. But you've never been unkind. You've always been loving. And I thought you at least deserve to know how much I love you. And please don't think it's your fault. Hmm. And I immediately began to pray. And the thought came, ask him if you can sing in one of his lullabies. I said, Michael, do I get one last request? He said, well, I, that kind of stunned him that I sounded so, you know, mm-hmm. apropos. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I guess so. Okay, Mom, I guess you deserve that. And I said, Will you, where are you? He said, I'm three blocks away from my house. I said, be very careful and get home and put the gun away. And he went back home and I sang him lullabies without the music, without the instrumentals even without the aromatherapy, without the massage that I had done. And he listened to the lullabies, and when my daughter went, and my husband went to pick him up, the gun was laying on the end table on the side of his bed, and tears were streaming down his cheeks, and they said the speakerphone was on, and all we could hear was your voice singing Michael lullabies. Oh, what a miracle. He was brought home to me that night, Mm -hmm. and that night I stayed on the couch, he slept on the couch, he had taken an anti-anxiety med and had also had been drinking alcohol. And coupling those two things together did not serve a good purpose at all. I stayed up until 5 a.m. putting citrus oils on his feet, putting them under his nose. The only thing he said to me that night while he was in and out of sleep was, Mom, this feels like heaven. Mm. Mom, this feels like heaven. In the morning, he couldn't remember anything, and I reminded him of what had happened He said, "I will never take an anti-anxiety med with alcohol," and he's been trying to, to to get off alcohol. Mm -hmm. And he recently came home from his rehab, and he said, "Mom, this rehab place needs these lullabies. It these teenagers, these these teens, these young adults need this work with the joy coaching and with what you do." So I know, you know, I had to wait till I he was twenty eight to really understand the impact of lullaby connection on a little boy's heart and soul that was grieving the loss of his parents' marriage you for know, so many years. if you don't
1: mind me interrupting you right there, I think, I think that is so important. You know, I think all teens pull away. You know, I've noticed it happening anywhere between the time of 11 and 15 with my eight, eight children. It's all come at a different time, but it always happens. And they pull away in different extremes, in different, you know, mm-hmm. from mild to more extreme. But that is why the influence that we have over them before that time arrives is so crucial. The, the things that are implanted in their hearts and minds and the, the love they feel prior to that, you know, testing their independence phase is what will bring them
3: back later on. So I that's why it's that so significant. I feel like it's so important to teach these young mothers. Now that I'm 55, I go back to the, the, the movie War Room, where the older woman teaches and mentors the younger mother and wife how to use prayer to save her marriage. And I think about now, what is my role? My role is to teach younger mothers that, that they have to build that connection with their five-year-olds and their three-year-olds and their six-year-olds. You can't send them to bed with an iPad and, and turn on the TV and expect that to be nurturing time. And because I had that all my life, I, my mother read Anne of Green Gables to me by my bed when I was 19 years old. Mm. She continued that process. I just feel like to awaken the moms, who will lullaby your children, if not you, who? And Mm -hmm. here are these Mm -hmm. CDs, and the nighttime nurturing process is a process where a mother can go into the child's bedroom, put the diffuser, and right now Connie Higley and Alan Higley, who are the owners of Aroma Tools, are offering a beautiful gift. They have offered a special where you can have a diffuser, which is a USB drive that you can plug into your computer or get the adapter and plug it into a wall. So it's not a breakable diffuser. It's just a four-inch diffuser that looks nice and you know, about a little bigger than a nightlight. Mm. Plug it into the child's wall. Put your 10 drops of orange or lavender or any lemon oil, the oils that I've suggested for each CD, and then turn the CD on. And if you're too tired to tuck your own children in at night then let the music and the oils do it because the visualizations, the music, the aromatherapy will create that nighttime nurturing experience. But if you have some extra minutes that you can lay down and massage their little hands or stand at their feet and massage their feet, their feet their foots. (laughs) If you can do that, then do stand at their bed. And my favorite ritual with my children was to lay down between them. You know, when I was tucking in my boys, I lay down between them. I'd hand Michael a hand and Stephen a hand. And I'd say, here, you massage this hand and you massage that hand. When you grow up, you're going to be a great husband. Mm -hmm. And, and you know what? It's the touch. It is. Mm -hmm. It's the touch. It's the, it's the knowing that you are important one on one. when yes. you have a mother that has five children or four children, you need to know that you are an important one and so I've had ton I have tons of stories we're going to be doing a program called the Lullaby Connection on Monday nights through December for a family home evening hour where we're going to be talking about the lullabies the, the beauty of lullabying your children, the art of nurturing home and family during a family night hour, and you'll be able to hear parts of the lullabies on each program so that you'll be able to lay down your children on pillows on the living room floor and go back to old fashioned radio, gather around the radio, listen to the lullabies and the stories, and then we'll talk to the moms and the dads about... Nurturing your children while they're little. And it's not too late. Start when they're teenagers if you need to start when they're teenagers.
1: Yeah, it's a little harder. Sometimes they resist, you know. They're in bed with their phone texting their friends and <laughs> mom shows up and the minute you open the door, like, what are you doing? I'm it's coming true. to say goodnight to you, honey. Oh, uh, oh, uh, get away. I'm <laughs> hot.
3: <laughs> I had a, I have a, a cute story about a woman who was coming to me for sessions and she said, my husband... He lets me come for these sessions, these music, massage, aromatherapy sessions, because I'm sweet and I'm happy when I go home, and so she said, "But I want to do it for him," and so I, she got, she took one of the CDs home, she took the lullabies, and she went home to do nighttime nurturing on her husband. I said, don't tell him it's for emotional clearing. <laughs> Just let him know that you're learning a new process and you want to practice on one foot with one song. And he'll ask for more. She said, can I do one foot and one song? And he let her. And pretty soon he said, could you do the other foot? It's feeling left out. And she did the other foot. And pretty soon she did another song. And during the third song, tears started streaming down her husband's cheeks. And he said, you know, it was when I was nine years old that I forgot that love can be altruistic and not just because of what you get in return. And he said, you know what? I want you to go to massage school. I'm going to build you a massage room and I want you to give the healers touch session. <laughs> so, that's and great. please give me a massage every
1: yeah, night
2: yes. or every other night at least. Even yes, <laughs> <right, laughs> right, even our husbands like touch. They it's love true, to be nurtured. You know, it's it's so true. Sound. It's,
1: you know what? It's good to nurture men. I think sometimes there's too much of a coldness toward men in these days. It's kind oh, of we like kind the of feminism has taken, I mean, I'm always, I'm always about women being honored and, and recognized, but, not to the extreme of of discounting the men and their contributions.
2: Good point. You know, I used to sing an Irish lullaby to my kids. I had nine children. I had to go room to room and touch them and sing. I'm I'm the worst singer in the world. And I was just thinking to myself, oh, golly, it would have been so nice to have gone in and sat on the floor, turned on your music and the oils, and then just touched them. Mm. You know, just your touch. You don't have to be this beautiful singing when you have someone else
3: oh like, but you know it, there was a study by BYU that said the art of lullabying the article was actually called a lullaby a day keeps the doctor away and it was all about how children love the sound of their own mother's voice which is why I put the instrumentals at the end of the lullabies so that it, as you learn them you can sing without me it's kind of like karaoke lullabies mm. <laughs> and you can do that I want to make sure that you can give out this address because Connie, yes, and, Ag- do that, please. Connie and Alan Higley over at aroma tools there's a big new beautiful building and it's called aroma tools and it's got all kinds of tools for mothers that are and women and wives and husbands and everyone who loves essential oils to go and and uh, purchase items to bring the art of nurturing into their homes and this is at 439 south pleasant grove boulevard right off that pleasant grove boulevard exit in pg and as you get off you just stay on the right hand side and it's right there on the right and you can't miss it it's a big beautiful building but connie and alan are offering the the usb drive diffuser that you can get a little outlet for and plug into your wall and that with a free angel lullaby cd Mm. so that you get the diffuser for 1995 and the 1895 of um lullaby cd called angel lullabies and if you go over there and mention k-star radio and that you heard this ad they will honor that and as well they will be offering for a short time all of the cds all eight of them for 4.95 for five dollars so that great. a mother a piece, is can't it? afford not
2: wow well, to buy it's, a these great year, it's a great gift. Yes, mm, so i'm just saying mm, a great mm. gift if you're going to have uh you know, an opportunity to to go to a shower for these little kids. You know, who wouldn't want to get it? I I absolutely love mine that I have over the years. So I've kept it with my children too, but you know, if you're not a good singer, <laughs> oh. Karen, if love, luckily you are, and you too, Heidi. My goodness, got two beautiful voices here, and I'm feeling really small. Oh no goodness! Way. Oh goodness! No You've way! Got this a is just, voice I don't yourself, quilt. I don't can, <laughs> and I don't cook. But um, it's wonderful. But that. to be
3: able to to be a part of that nurturing process with women around the world. Yes. And we really do. My goal by Christmas, and that's why I'm going to do the Lullaby Program, is to have lullabies in every home and that to put them at an affordable price so that every woman can afford. Well, May I ask
2: one really quick question? Sure. We only have one minute left. Do you have at this location where the, they can hear some of your CDs? No,
3: that's a good idea. I will I will bring that up, because it would be nice to have a sample CD that you can just put it in with headphones, yes. maybe.
1: it's a phenomenal idea. There was, uh, last night I went over to say goodnight to my grandchildren, tuck them in, because my daughter was out of town, and I was singing a little song to one little girl, and then her older sister came in and started singing to her and rubbing her back. I think as we share these lullabies, we're actually teaching the children how to be mothers oh. and fathers. You're in the building future.
3: little nurturers, nurturers yes. in your own home.
1: <laughs> well, Karen Grant, it's been so good to have you with us today. We are out of time. We're looking I forward your to your stories. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you phenomenal for Phenomenal stories. Karen. We're so grateful thank to have you, you with us. Looking forward to hearing your lullaby connection show. And Donna, it's great to always be here with you. So oh, thank you, you too, again, Heidi. <laughs> All you
2: people out there, thank you for listening to us. Yes, thank, thank you. We sure love our audience. We do. We love you. Have a great day. I'm Donna Max and Heidi Hansen. And again, Karen, thank you. Thank you.
0: The preceding was a paid commercial program. Opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the party expressing them.